Amen. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 7. And as you're opening your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 7, I, you know what, I want to start with a question here. And my question to all of you is, can you recall a time when the Lord has said no in your life? Think about that, right? When, you know, when you've had, you know, plans or, you know, what you've made plans or you believe that the Lord is leading you to do something. The Lord is moving you to do something. The Lord is directing you and as you are anxious in your circumstance, then the Lord says no. The Lord says, no, this is not for you. I want to read to you from, uh, it's a quick scripture, it's from Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. And it says this, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. See, many times we come up with all these plans, right? And, and we're thinking of, you know what, we're going to do this, or we're going to do that. But in reality, this isn't what God has for us. And so the Lord ends up closing doors and, and He ends up guiding us and directing us exactly where we need to be. See, there are these times where the Lord is going to say no. And believe me, these times may be heartbreaking, right? We may be saddened by what the Lord has said. We may become depressed thinking that, you know what, we, were, we thought we were going to do this and we can't understand why. But understand this, that our Heavenly Father, He knows what's best. And we are to accept His will over ours. Look at what it says here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. It says there, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? See, we have a good Father. We have an amazing Father that, that desires to do good things for us and for those that ask Him. And understand this about our Heavenly Father. He always has our best interest in mind. And when He closes doors, understand this, He knows why He closes these doors. You know, let me give you some examples here. And, you know, we have some high school graduates that, you know, that make plans to go to a certain college. But they end up finding out that they're not accepted there. Or maybe you have a or maybe other example is that you have a job, uh, you know, you're looking for this new employment and all of a sudden, you go, you apply and then they don't hire you. Or maybe there's some of us, right, that have desires to move to another state, another city and yet your move hits a roadblock. Or maybe the Lord brings somebody in your life, right, and you think that, you know what, this is the spouse, this is the person that God has brought for me, but you find out that it doesn't work out. Or maybe some are called into a certain ministry, right? Or into a certain service of the Lord and, and things don't end up wor working out. See, even though you prayed and prayed, even though you, you, know, you thought these desires were from you or, or from Him, or maybe you didn't even pray, but you see that doors are closing and so you're wondering, why does this happen? See, I truly believe that as believers, the response of no from the Lord will come many times. 
I'm going to share this with you. It has happened several times with me as a believer. And I am so glad that it happened. You know, when we think about what I just mentioned about our Heavenly Father that knows how to give good things to those who ask to His children. See, a no, I want you to understand this, is not a sign of rejection. But it is a sign of God's acceptance. See, I want to explain this to you that no is not a sign of rejection, but it is a sign of God's acceptance. And why do I say this? Because see, God loves you so much. God adores you, right? Imagine this, that He actually gave His life for you and and He knows what's best for you and and He knows what His perfect will is for you. He knows, you know, what, what where you should be and what you should walk in. And so, many times He's going to close the door. And it's just a, just a, again, it points to God's love for us. And today we're going to read about David's plan to build a temple for the Lord and how the Lord said no. But then he revealed something to David that was far greater than his request to build. And again, pointing to the grace of God, pointing to the goodness of God. And so today we're only going to read, we're going to read here in Second Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 17, and this basically summarizes God's response to David's desire. And I want you to know, I'm going to give you some insight from verses 18 through verse 29. It really summarizes David's response to God's decision. Today we're going to look at God's response to David's desire. And so with that, let's go ahead and read verses 1 through 17. And it begins like this in Second Samuel chapter 7. It says, Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. Then Nathan said to the king, Go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Would you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought the children of Israel from Egypt, even to this day, but have moved about in a tent and in a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about with all the children of Israel, have I ever spoken a word to anyone from the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from the sheepfold, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people over Israel, and I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. And have made you a great name like the name of the great men who are on the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and I will plant them. That they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any more. As previously, since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel. And have caused you to rest from all your enemies. Also the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and, your re- and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, 
who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits inequity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from you from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever according to all these words and according to all this vision. So Nathan spoke to David. I want to share this with you. The title of today's message is If the Lord Says No. And today the Lord is going to give us or we're going to have here six points that, that is going to help us and guide us when He says no. Okay? And so... Let's go ahead and read. We're going to read verse 1 and, and we're going to start with the first point when, you, when we read that verse and it says this, Now it came to pass, when the king was dwelling in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his ne- enemies all around. Okay? Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around. So when we read this, right, we see here that, that David is given rest. God has given David rest from his enemies. I want to talk about this because I think this is very critical when it talks about, when we talk about desires. See, when you look at David, it, it appears that, that David's walk with the Lord is good, right? The Bible doesn't tell us that he's in any sin. The Bible doesn't tell us that he's out of God's will. The Bible doesn't say that David is just wasting time, but it tells us that David is resting. It tells us that God has brought a rest upon David. You know, David has, he has made David king over all of Israel. And so we can assume here that, that David's standing before God is good. See, it's very important for us to know that if we are practicing sin, you know what, our walk with the Lord, our relationship with the Lord, our fellowship with the Lord is hindered. See, it is affected by sin. And sin will keep will hinder our fellowship with God. Look at what it says in Psalm 66, verse 18. It says, Therefore, if I regard inequity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. So in other words, if there is sin going on within me, if there is a practice of sin, then understand this, and my fellowship with God is hindered. He's not listening to me. Though, may, though God may not be listening, we do know one thing is that the Spirit of God is convicting us, right? Because He's still at work with us. He's convicting us of our sin, but the Lord is not hearing our prayers. And, and as we think about that, right, we, we know that that's not happening with David here. Because as we see there, that, that God has given him rest. See, whenever you have desires in your heart, I think it's very important that our current relationship with the Lord should always be examined. See, you should, always, you should always examine your heart when there is desires in your heart. You should examine your relationship with the Lord to see if, you know what, if there is any sin within me. See, if I am practicing sin, then certain desires are not going to be from the Lord. Understand that. It's like somebody that's smoking dope on a recurring basis, right? If, if they call themselves a Christian and they're smoking pot and, or doing drugs, their desires are not necessarily influenced by God, are they? Who do you think that they're influenced by? They're influenced by the devil. See, because the devil, when you do drugs, right, it opens doors for the devil 
to work in your life. And so when you think about this, right, when, when you think about your relationship with God, with God, see, if I have desires and my walk with Christ is good, I can't be confident of this, that the possibility of my desire originated by Him. In other words, this desire that I have is spirit-led, it is divine, and it's not led by my flesh or led by the world or, or led by Satan. And with this, really, this brings me now to the first point that I want to talk about. And it's about examining your spiritual standing. See, the first point when it comes to the desires, when the Lord says yes or no, it's, it's important that we examine our spiritual standing. See, when desires come in your life, it's important that you examine your spiritual standing with God. If my standing is good, then, then I know one thing, then God, may, God, in fact, may be directing my desires. But if my standing is not good, then the desires may not be from God. So what's important about this situation is that we get right with God, right? And then we can have the confidence that our desires that are in us are divine. And so as we move on to verse number 2, it says, That the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I will dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. Then Nathan said to the king, Go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. What we have here is we have now an introduction to Nathan the prophet. This man was an... This man was a prophet of God. He would speak on behalf of God. And what he would do is he would give God's word to David and, and to others. And so this is, the time, this is the first time that Nathan's name appears here. And we know that he was a prophet, as it says there. He's actually the one that also goes to David to talk about his sin with Bathsheba. But here in this situation, the king talks to Nathan. And he begins to tell Nathan, you know, Nathan, I have this beautiful house. He says, I have this house, and as a reminder, this house was built by, by the men of Tyre. And actually in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 11, King Hiram actually sent men and materials to David to build him this amazing house of cedar. He's the one that provided all the cedar. He's the one that provided all the men, all the men that were skilled, that were gifted to do these things. And so they built David a beautiful house. And David begins to feel terrible, right? He says, because the ark, remember the ark, what did the ark symbolize? It symbolized the presence of God. He says, I live in a beautiful house and the presence of God is, is dwelling within or is dwelling inside tent curtains. And so David's desire, of course, is, is to build the Lord a temple for the presence, for, for His very presence to dwell in. And as we think about this, right, it was a good thing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that desire, right? If David sees, you know what, is the ark of God where the presence of the Lord is, if, if it's just there dwelling where tents are, and then he has this beautiful house, so there's nothing bad about this. And so as we look at this, right, I want to talk about the second point. The second point is this, is that desires will be birthed. See, as Christians, understand this. As Christians, every single one of us, we will all have desires. Okay? Especially if your relationship with God is right on, if, if, there is, if you are one-on-one -on -one with God, and 
Know this, that God will be placing desires in your heart. And this is why Psalm 37 verse 4 says this. It says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. See, but there has to be a certain thing that, that takes place here, right? You have to have a delight. There has to be a delight that you have in the Lord. And as you have this delight in the Lord, He shall give you the desires of your heart. See, when you are one with Christ, His desires become your desires. It's a wonderful cycle that happens, right? And this is an amazing cycle that takes place because when you are one with Christ, when you are delighting yourself in the Lord, when He is that priority in your life and you want to live for Him and please Him and you're to surrender to Him, there's this cycle that happens, right? Because you're connected with God that His desires are immediately placed in your heart. And desires come in various forms, right? Just like we talked about. You know what? Desires come, you know, with jobs, you know, where God wants to give you a, a better job. God wants to get, bless you with a, a job that will suit you, where you can serve Him and, and where nothing will hinder your walk with Him. Or places to live. If He knows that, you know what, this place where you're living at, it's not good for you anymore. So He moves you to another location. Just like schools, right? Schools to attend, God knows what's a perfect school. If you go to a school that's just going to bring you down, that's going to ruin your relationship with Him, that's not God's desire for you. And this happens many times with youth that go into colleges. They pick the wrong schools because they're not praying about it. And all of a sudden, their walk with Christ has completely been destroyed. What about the churches, right? If you're praying, God is going to lead you directly to the church that He wants you to have, that He wants you to serve in. See, God knows the gifts that He's given you and He wants you to begin to fill the gaps in that ministry, in that church where, where He has called you to be. You know, David had a desire. His desire was to build the Lord a house. It was actually to build a temple. And as we read here, does the Lord actually need a temple? Think about that, right? Does the Lord actually need a temple? Let's talk about this, right? I mean, where is the Lord's residence today? The Lord's residence is in heaven, right? We know that. That's where He lives, right? And you know what? At the moment, He does not dwell on earth. But there's going to be a future time when He is going to dwell on earth, right? And for those of you that are Bible students that have learned, when is it that the Lord is going to dwell on earth? What? The thousand year reign. The millennial kingdom. That's when He's actually going to come to earth and He's going to be dwelling here on earth. Did you know that? His physical presence is no longer going to be in heaven. It's going to be here on earth. And everything, all the things that are going on, will be, Christ the Lord will be there directing everything from His temple there in Jerusalem. But we know one thing is that, you know what? Today He hasn't made his, this place, this place called earth, His permanent dwelling place. And so he's telling David, you know what, do I really need, I mean, as we think about this, do I really need a temple? But David's desire, as we, as we read there, David's desire was to build him a temple. And so Nathan, the prophet, immediately responds to David and tells him, do as your heart desires. I want you to know when we read this about Nathan, Nathan made a huge mistake here. See, Nathan... When David told him what his desires were, Nathan shouldn't have said, you know what, do what you desire. You know what Nathan sh should have said? You know what, let's seek the Lord on this. 
Let's pray about this, right? And not only Nathan, he should have encouraged David. David, you need to pray. Find out if this is really God's will. Find out if this is what, what God wants you to do. I mean, this was a huge undertaking to build this beautiful, amazing temple that, that he wanted the ark to be in, the presence of God. I mean, this should have been bathed in prayer. But I want to share this with you, and this is what we see here in David's life, as well as it happens in our life. When things are well, when things are going so well in your life, have you ever made decisions without praying? I have. Right? We think to ourselves, you know what? God's honoring everything we're doing, right? And so, you know what? Why pray? God's blessing. God's doing good things. I want to talk about the third point, and this is very important. Pray about your desires. Pray about your desires. We are to bathe them in prayer. Whatever you believe God has called you to do, bathe them in prayer. I would even encourage you to do this, to fast about those desires. Not only pray about them, but fast about them. See, make sure that these desires that you have in your heart are truly divine and not carnal. Make sure that the desires are divine and not carnal. See, because desires on a whim may not always be spirit-led. I'm not saying that they're not. Because God immediately plants them in you and you have them, right? But sometimes, you know what? They're not spirit-led. And, and David was an example here of, of, of you know what? Of, of not seeking the Lord. All he does is he just says, you know what? I want to build him a house. He doesn't ask the Lord, do, I need, do you want a house? Should I build you a house? And we don't see David praying. And one thing about David, as we have seen in times past, right? One thing we learned from David was David prayed about what? Everything, didn't he? Remember he was saying, Lord, should I go? And the Lord would say, yes, go. And David would say, okay, where do I go? He did that very, very many times, right? He was always specific in his prayers, but here we see an absence of it. Why? Because things are going well. Like many of us, when things are well, we stop praying about things. See, whatever desires you have, pray and keep praying about them. You know, and, and as he says here, the, David just decided to take the counsel of Nathan with no prayer involved. And so what happens next? Let's read in verse 4. It says, But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Would you build a house for me to dwell in? Nathan goes home. Let's stop here. Nathan goes home, right? And Nathan's, you know what? Nathan's going home. He says, you know what? A great desire that David had. And, and David's excited, right? Because David's been, you know, through the counsel of Nathan, Nathan told him, Go ahead and build. And so, David's excited and Nathan goes home. And that evening, guess what Nathan gets? Nathan gets the Lord coming and speaking to him. This same account, this whole event that takes place is also in the book of 1 Chronicles. And 1 Chronicles, in regards to the response from God, is more to the point. It's more precise. And I'm going to read this to you. It's from 1 Chronicles chapter 17, beginning in verse 3. It says, but it happened that night that the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, You shall not build me a house to dwell in. 
As you can see, see here, the Lord says, You shall not build me a house to dwell in. Which brings me to my fourth point. Not all desires are divine. Okay, not all desires are divine. Not all desires are from the Lord for us. See, Nathan should have told David, you know what, we need to seek the Lord. See, the Lord came to, to Nathan and told him, you know what, David can't build me a house. And can you imagine how Nathan must have felt? You know, there's those times when, when people have come to me and said, hey, let's do this, and then I say yes without praying, and then after I have to come back and tell them, you know what, guess what, we can't do that. Instead of seeking the Lord and avoiding all these situations, this is what we can learn here. But as we see here, as we see David, David was so excited. And now to be told that, you know what, you can't build me a house. You know, I remember this. I remember this, something like this happening to me when I was at Calvary Chapel, Hacienda Heights. At that time, my standing with the Lord was right. I you know what, I knew that, that uh, you know, my relationship, I, I didn't have any practice of sin. Everything was going well. And you know what, I had actually just uh, made things right with people that I had heard. And so, so there was a desire that came in my, in, my, in my heart. And the desire that came in my heart was to begin a discipleship series there at the church. And so I truly believe that God was asking me to start a discipleship series there. And so I went to my pastor and, and he said yes. Again, not like, just like Nathan, right? We didn't pray about it. And he immediately said yes. And so no prayer was involved. And so what ends up happening is they come to me the next service and they asked to speak with me. And guess what they shared with me? They broke my heart and said, guess what? You're not doing the classes. And I'm like, oh. you know, and I was devastated. I remember I was broken. I was discouraged. And, you know, they shared with me that the assistant pastor was actually going to start teaching these and he was actually going to start a Bible school. And so for me, I thought it was God's calling upon my life. And, and believe me, I was extremely discouraged. But see, all of this could have been avoided if, if we would have just said, let's pray about this, right? And even myself, if I would have prayed about this, I don't recall if I even prayed about it, but I knew it was a desire that was in in my heart, whether it was birthed from him or not, you know, I, I can't remember, but I do know one thing is that just like David, I was told no. I was told no the next service. As we go back, let's keep reading, and what happens next? In verse 6 says, For I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought the children of Israel up from Egypt, even to this day, but have moved about in a tent and in a tabernacle, and wherever I have moved about with all the children of Israel, have I ever spoken a word to anyone from the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel? Why have you not built me a house of cedar? In other words, the Lord is saying, you know what? I've never asked for a house. I've never told anybody to build me a house. He says, you know what? Ever since we left from Egypt, right? Ever since I led you out of Egypt, ever since I delivered you out of Egypt, I've never asked any of your leaders, I've never asked any of you to build me a house. And so the Lord is giving really, letting David know, or giving him really a reason as to why he doesn't really need a house. I know one thing. The reason isn't here. The Lord is telling him, you know, things about 
about the fact that he doesn't need a house, but there was another time when David was told by the Lord himself why he couldn't build him a temple. David actually shared this with his son Solomon. And he told Solomon, this was directly from the Lord to me. And it comes from 1 Chronicles chapter 22, beginning in verse 7. It says there, And David said to Solomon, My son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house to the name of the Lord my God, but the word of the Lord came to me. There it is, the word of the Lord. He didn't speak through Nathan. He actually told me directly, God felt that he owed it to David, saying, You have shed much blood and have made great wars. You shall not build a house for my name because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. So there, God owed it to David. David had this desire and God wants to let him know why he wasn't the one to build it. See, David was a man of war and we must always remember this about the house of God. The house of God is a house of peace, right? It's a reminder of the peace that God has made with man. But yet this is, a, this is you know, David was a man of war and so David was, David was not qualified to build the house. See, there is peace between man and God and this is what God wanted to make sure that David understood, that you are a man of war and because of that, you can't build it. And so then here, going back to verse 8, it goes on there to say, it says, Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people, over Israel, and I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all your enemies from before you and have made you a great name like the name of the great men who are on the earth. You know, after the Lord tells David, you know what, you're not the one that's going to build me a house. You know what, the Lord desires to let David know how blessed he is. Even though he's been, he hasn't been called to build a house, the Lord wants to share with David how blessed he is. And see, this is very important for all of us to understand because the Lord will tell us no many times. He will tell us no on certain things. But don't let that discourage you. See, this is the fifth point that I want to talk about. When God says no, don't get discouraged. When God says no, don't get discouraged. See, God wants to remind David how blessed he is. He begins to tell David, David, remember, even though I'm telling you no, I want to remind you of what I've done for you. Remember, you were a shepherd. And God has made you now king. I have been with you. I have conquered your enemy and I have made a great name for you. And of course, these were great reminders for David. And the same reminders are for us. When God tells us, no, understand this. God is reminding us also that God has not left us. God is with us. God has given us victory over all things. And God has written our names in the book of life. Isn't that something to rejoice about? Even though God says, no, we are still a blessed people. Even though the, desires were, even though the desire in our heart wasn't for us, we are still extremely blessed. And so we're called not to get discouraged. Do not let God know discourage any of us. You know, as we read here, going, reading in verse 10, look at what else he tells them. 
He says, Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any more as previously. Since the time I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused you to rest from all your enemies. I'm going to stop here. You know, God is saying to David, you know what, I will appoint a place for my people Israel. I'm going to do that one day and I'm going to plant them and I will have them dwell in a place of their own where, and they're not going to have to move no more and the sons of wickedness, as he says there, will not oppress them anymore. See, this was a promise from God to the people of Israel. And I want to share this with you because this is also a promise to us from God. And I want to share this with you because this scripture was given to two people in our church. And I truly believe that it is still a promise from God. I believe that that promise that God made us has not yet been fulfilled. Just like it wasn't fulfilled until a later time for, for Israel, it still is not fulfilled for us. See, we thought, and I'm going to share this with you, we all thought that the promise that God gave us here in this scripture was the church on California and Amar. See, we all thought that, right? I mean, we all thought that that building was for us. We thought that that church where we were at for two years and four months, that, you know what, that the Lord was going to give it to us. We put a bid on it and we thought that, you know what, that, that God was going to give us that, that church. See, that was our desire. That wasn't God's desire. Understand that. That was our desire. That wasn't God's desire. See, God wanted to teach us one thing. And I really believe that as we all begin to realize this as a body, because this is, this is who God is building this church on. He's building it up, upon all of you, right? We're all going to be part of this ministry that God is doing and that God will be continuing to grow and to move through and to overflow from. See, God is not subject to a building. See, we all thought, and I'll be one of the first to admit, when we moved to California and Neymar, right here on the corner, on that church, right? Man, we started, all these people started coming, right? And we were always saying, man, it's the location, location, location. It's this building and the location and everybody can see us. And, and you know what? That is why all these people are coming. See, we, were com we are completely wrong in thinking that way. And I was wrong in thinking that way. See, the Lord doesn't grow His church by location or with a building. The Lord grows His church by His will. He is the one that multiplies. And we must understand that. See, no matter where we're at, it doesn't matter where we are. God is continuing to grow us and multiply us. He continues to bring new people. Just to think, I mean, look at how crazy this has been, right? I mean, when we left there, we, we immediately needed a place, right? And then the Lord opens up California Elementary for us. And, and immediately we go in there and then she tells me, oh, guess what? We're going to have a car show, right? And you can't use this facility on 
this on a certain Sunday. And so we're like, okay, where do we go? And so then we said, okay, we'll just have a, the church at the park. And then I'm thinking, man, are people going to come, right? And first service, and even that day, right? We all had our doubts. We all had our doubts because it was a very cold and cloudy day. How many of you remember that day? And then in the morning, right, there was, it was already sprinkling. And we thought, I thought, man, there was only a few people in the morning. And I thought to myself, you know what? Nobody's going to come. And, and then you look at the second service, right? And it was overflowing. We didn't even have enough chairs for all the people. And then we were thinking, okay, then this comes up, right? Uh, she tells me, she says, you know what? The principal tells me, I, I'm sorry, I got to tell you something. I didn't. I told you that they were going to do the floor and it was only going to take a week. But it's going to take over a month to take out the floor tiles and to put tiles in. And so I'm like, okay, Lord. Wow, you're stretching me here, right? Okay, Lord, what do we do? So immediately we began to pray, right? And as we're praying and seeking the Lord, right? The, you know what? We're like, okay, you know what? We... We went to the women's club and the women's club was willing to allow us to use their place on Wednesdays and we thought, okay, you know what? We'll hold our Wednesday services over there and then we'll hold our, our Sunday services outside. We'll have a tent and, and you know, we'll just be outside for, for a month and a week. And that's how long we're going to be doing this, what you're seeing today. It'll be for a month and a week. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know what? If that's what you want, Lord, it's really your will. It's not for me. It's... Whatever you want, if that's what you want us to do, then you're going to bless that. Because again, it's not about the building. See, that's what we got to learn. It's not about the building. If, if you know what, if we are just desiring to seek God's will, desiring to just be faithful people to do what He's called us to do, then God's going to take care of the rest. See, His formula for growth is given to us in Acts 2.42, right? And they didn't have buildings at this time. Did you know that the early church had no buildings? They would meet in location, different locations in people's houses, and that's where they would have their services. See, Acts 2.42 says this, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. There's a formula of what church services should be. And then if you jump down to verse 46, it says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to the church daily. It had nothing to do with the building. See, coming to this place, right? I had no idea what was in here. And I've come to a place of just saying, okay, Lord, if this is where you want us, I'm not going to worry about it. The only thing that I ask is, do you guys have a screen? And I see that they have a screen, so that's all we asked for, right? And we had our project and we knew that, you know, we could get it hooked up somehow. But, you know, as you see this, and I thought, okay, you know what? I called the principal. She wasn't returning my calls. The principal from over there says, you know what? I'll send her an email and I'll let her know what you want. And so immediately she calls me back and the Lord worked it out. And I just trusted in the Lord. Lord, wherever it's at, this is your church. It's not my church. See, if the Lord is ahead of the church, then He's going to move through the body, right? If we allow Him to move, He will move greatly and powerfully. But we can't get in His way. And we just got to trust in Him. And so, you know, through all of this, right, I hope... You know, as we, as we go through this, I know that, and I did assure, for those of you that have children, I told Dan, I said, 
I want all the ushers over there. The only usher I want over here is one person. The rest of the ushers are over there taking care of your children. And that's the way it's going to be. We're only going to have one or two ushers here and all the other ushers will be on the other side taking care of your children so that you can have rest at, and, and comfort in knowing that your children are well taken care of. We're going to be going through this for another month and a week and then we'll see what the Lord, you know, how, what the Lord will, will do and, and as we're going to see Him, how He's just going to continue to multiply us and grow us. And so it's all, it's all His doing and I'm just trusting in Him that no matter what we go through, you know what? He's going to continue to bear fruit and abundant fruit and overflowing fruit. Let's keep reading in verse 11. It says, Also the Lord tells you that He will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish His kingdom. He shall build a house for My name and I will establish the throne of His kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. Stop there. Here comes an amazing blessing. See, what you have here, and this is what's so good about God. This is the grace of God. This is the goodness of God, right? See, David wanted to build the Lord a house. And the Lord said no. But in return, the Lord says, I will build you an everlasting house. See, what's so amazing about this is that David will be blessed beyond his imagination. Though the Lord said no to his desire, the Lord turned and had a greater blessing prepared for David. And this reminds me of Ephesians chapter 3, right? To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. One thing about God is that God goes beyond what we could ever think or imagine. And this is the final point that I want to give you because this is key to it all. When God says no, His desires will be greater. See, when God says no, His desires will be greater. See, God has promised that through the seed of David, the Messiah would come and His throne of His kingdom will be established forever. See, David thought, I want to build you a temple, but God says no. You know what? My desire for you is that I will build you an everlasting house. In other words, what he's telling him, he is telling him that, that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, will come from his line. This was a Davidic covenant, the unconditional covenant between God and David, where God had promised that the Messiah would come from the lineage of David, from the tribe of Judah. I want to share this important principle. See, because when God closes doors, He will open greater doors. Do you remember when I shared with you how I thought it was my desire, I, I thought that God had put it upon me to, to begin the discipleship classes there at Calvary Chapel, Asiana Heights? Did you know that God closed that door because He had a greater door? Do you know what that door was? That door that He opened was to plant the church here at Calvary Chapel, La Puente. That's what's so amazing about God. I thought it was my desire to disciple these people at the church, but God says, I have a greater plan for you. You are going to start a work for me in the city of La Puente. See, this is what's so amazing about God. See, and this is the principle that God wants us to learn, and, it's, and I'm going to quote you something from A.T. Pearson, an American pastor of the 19th century, where he said, Disappointments 
are His appointments. Disappointments are His appointments. See, my disappointment was His appointment to have me come here to the city of La Puente and to plant this ministry. I had no idea. See, for all of us, right, I just share this with you, just like David. Do not get discouraged, but be encouraged that when He says no, and you are walking in His will, and you know what, and, 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 and you, know, you have these desires, and, and the desires are not His desires, and, and if He has told you no, understand this, is that God has a greater plan for you. I don't know if many of you have experienced exactly what's happened to David or what has happened to me. But if you have, I mean, you know and you can taste and you can understand this principle because it hits you right in the heart. See, when the Lord closed that door to us buying this property here on this corner just next to us, I truly believe that God has a greater and bigger building for us. He closed that door. We thought that was our building. But God says, no, I have something greater for you. And I'm waiting on that because, and believe me, and I want to share this with all of you. Be content where we're at. Be content. That's where God wants us. And I'll tell you this, I am at, I am the most content today than I have ever been. And that should bring rest to your hearts. That you know what, that God has is exactly where He wants us. See, when we are in God's will, that is what brings you content. And this is where you are today. This is where we are today. We are in God's perfect will. And let that bring you peace and bring you comfort. And let us close with this. It says here, at the end of verse 14, it says, If he commits inequity, I will chasten him with the rod of men, with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. You know, as we look at this, right? Prior to this, God was speaking of His Son. Beginning here in verse 14 at the end, He's speaking of King Solomon, the son of David. He is saying there, if Solomon walks in disobedience, I will chasten him by man. I will allow the blows of the sons of man to come upon him. Chastening, in other words, the chastening will come from their enemies. And we saw that happening. But as he says, but God will continue to extend mercy. What is mercy? Compassion and forgiveness. That no matter what, God will continue to extend this. And he reminds them a second time, your house and your kingdom will be established forever. Your throne will be established forever as he speaks to David. And I'm going to close with this final thought. Even though David was not called to build the temple, you know what David did? Is he gathered all the materials to build that temple. He didn't build it. He obeyed the Lord. He says, but you know what? Since I'm not called to build it, what I'm going to do is I'm going to gather all the materials and not only gather it, but I'm going to put in a lot, lots of my personal belongings to build that temple. Look at what it says in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 1. Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great because the temple is not 
for man, but for the Lord God. Now for the house of my God I have prepared with all my might gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my special treasure of gold and silver, 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses, the gold for things of gold and the silver for things of silver, and for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen, who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord. Amazing. You know what, as we read this, I'm just excited and and God has His way of speaking to us personally. And I believe that as we have been going through our studies, Pastor Chuck would always say that, you know what, where you are in the Bible is what's happening in your ministry. And this is what we see happening here. You know, as God is showing us and God is teaching us and God is saying, I know your desires. Your desires are have not been my desires, but I'm going to honor those desires as I honor David's. And He will give us a place. He's going to give us our own church where we're not going to be having to cross the streets and see little tables there with chairs. And I'm happy with this place that we can come to a place where we can be taught the Word of God where the Spirit of God will just teach you, will move through you, will overflow from you, and will just shape you and mold you according to His Word into the image of Christ. Amen? Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank You for just giving us just this insight again, Lord. When You say no, Lord, it's okay. We're not discouraged, Lord. Lord, You have greater plans. You have greater desires. Our disappointments are your appointments. You do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Lord, I thank you for all that we have. I thank you for all that you are as you reminded David, Lord, just how blessed he was. We are blessed. Our names are in the book of life. You love us. You died for us. You adore us. We are the apple of your eye. You see our every move in La Puente, Lord. And I pray that we continue to be led by you, guided by you. Every move that we make, Lord, it would be birthed from you. For you are the head of this house. And Holy Spirit, you are the power of this house. So we just thank you and praise you. And if there's anyone here that maybe you've had disappointments and maybe you haven't been handling them the right way. And as you've heard today's message, and you want us to pray for you. You know what, I just, I'm going to ask you now just to lift up your hand and I'm going to pray for you a prayer for the Lord's encouragement upon you. And if this is you, just raise your hand. Amen, 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 amen. Lord, you saw these hands that are up, Lord. 
Lord, desires that they have in their hearts have not worked out the way they thought. But as you spoke to us today, Lord, it's not about our desires. What are your desires, Lord? Help us to walk with contentment. Help us to, to be satisfied with what you've given us, Lord. As you spoke to David, be satisfied. And as you've closed doors, we know that there are greater doors to be opened. May you teach every single one of us this principle. For this is a principle, Lord, that you desire that we would walk in. Lord, I thank you for your amazing truth. And when you say no, Lord, I'm so happy and pleased with your no's. Because you know what's best. You are a great father that wants to bless his children and knows what's best for us. May we align our will with your will. And may we allow you to do a powerful work in and through us. Shape us, mold us, transform our very thoughts, our very minds, our very hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.